Back to throw. In trouble. He's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs. Gets away again. Goes to the 40. Gets away again. To the 35. Cuts back at the 30. To the 20. The 15. The 10. He dies. Touchdown 49ers. 49ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast. We are back. We're back on the air. We're back for the 2022 season. I am so pumped. Training camp is just days away for the Niners. I got the itch again, man. I got the football itch. The show is ready to go. Um, Zane is not with us this week. He's actually expecting a baby, so congrats to him. But we do have the new third member of our crew right now. So I took a lot of the, if you listen to the show, you know I took a lot of the offseason off, and Brian Reddick filled in, and he did such a good job that we were like, hey, man, let's make him the third co-host. And Brian is here. And Brian, dude, welcome, man. I'm really excited to, to do the show with you over the next year. Awesome. Thanks, Al. I, I am genuinely appreciative that you guys uh, asked me to be on. Um, you know, again, Al, you are a legend in our 49ers community. Thank and the you. No Huddle podcast has been uh, a podcast that I listened to, you know, before I even joined the web zone. And so um, I started writing for the web zone back in 2020. Um, and now I am writing, not as much, but uh, my main role is as. Uh, editor, not I'm not David Benny. I'm not our managing editor. Uh, <laughs> I am editing the <laughs> editing the uh, the articles that our that our writers are putting out. Um, and then also, you know, I had uh, I have another podcast with uh, my good buddy Tim Sprinkles that we call the Denim Dungeon Podcast. And so again, just uh, just really grateful for this opportunity and and really excited to uh, figure out this three man weave with you and Zane once he comes back. Um, although you know, again, he is expecting a new baby, so. Uh, hopefully he comes back, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's the second one. So not that, you know, not that it's, it's any easier, but it is a little bit easier than the first. So, um, we're, uh, we're excited for Zane, excited for his wife and, uh, excited to get him back on when, uh, when all of that kind of settles down a little bit. But like you said, 49ers training camp starts next week. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, I'm trying to get down there. I think I'm going to try and get down on Thursday. Um, I also have tickets for Monday, August 1st, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. I am over the moon excited about this season and uh not only to watch uh football but to uh talk about 49ers football i'm also excited about this youtube thing man like i feel like yeah. the old man with the trying to learn the remote like i feel like we're late <laughs> to the party with this you know we have all these people doing i'm going on these youtube shows for people and i'm like is this worth it and they're like dude you have no idea so we're gonna give it a try we're gonna try yeah. to build this web zone youtube station up and we are in the infant stages of it there but i think there's a few videos on there right now but yeah. we're gonna try to make it work man we're gonna do the no huddle podcast here and then they'll be obviously available wherever podcasts are available, Spotify and wherever else, Apple, iTunes, wherever else you guys have been listening. Um, but we'll do that. You know, maybe we'll hop on before a game, after a game. We'll have some player interviews, some old players. You know, we have a lot of um, NFL media that come on our show. So maybe we'll do some of that with, with YouTube and that'd be a cool thing to do. So it's exciting. Look out for that. But Brian, where would a show be if we didn't start it with Jimmy Garoppolo, right? I mean, this is the well. Look at our first comment. We have one comment right now, and here it is. Jimmy, we'll get traded. We're gonna, uh, you know what? <laughs> we are going to talk about it. We're going to get into we it. We are. So, we are. This Garoppolo thing, you know, the report from Ian Rapport comes out. Was it a couple of days ago where he's like, now he's not going to be ready until mid-August, and then the next day, the report from Schefter comes out like the Niners have given permission to give a trade, which I was like, they gave him permission months ago. Like, what is he even yeah. talking about? So just more drama, more drama, more drama. And before we get into where he's going and what we think is going to happen, Brian, I want to ask you, mm -hmm. regardless, we're in the, we're in the home stretch now with Garoppolo, sure. I think. Um, to you, what is his legacy? When, when somebody asks you, 
What did yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo do for the team? What is his legacy to you? You know, I, I think he has a complicated legacy. Um, and, and I don't necessarily know that that is all his fault. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo became the 49ers quarterback uh, at a time when 49er fans were desperate for just adequate quarterback play. You know, there was a stretch after cap where, man, it was, it was it, no, no good quarterback play to be found anywhere. And even that first year uh, of Shanahan, when, you know, we're, we're excited about the likes of, uh, Brian Hoyer, right. And, uh, a rookie out of Iowa by the name of CJ Bethard. And, you know, it, he, he came that season, right. Uh, Shanahan's first season, uh, you know, he was the hot name. He was Brady's heir apparent in, in new England. And then all of a sudden it was like, well, you know, we got to get rid of this guy because Tom just apparently, you know, is, I don't know, an alien and will continue to play football until he's 65 years old. So we don't really need Jimmy. Uh, it sounded like uh, Belichick kind of was pushing Kraft to be like, hey, let's move on from Brady. Let's move on, you know, and, and let's give it to Garoppolo. Kraft was like, no, thanks. And so Belichick, it seems like just out of spite was like, fine, then I'll trade him for almost nothing. Right. And so the 49ers get him and, you know, he sits for a little bit and then he comes into that uh, Seahawks game at the end, throws a touchdown. Everyone loses their mind. Next uh, next week, he starts for the Bears and they go on a 5-0 run to end the season and, you know, put them in position to uh, to really take off. You know, we, we we finally have a quarterback. Right. And then 2018 happens. He tears his ACL in week. What was that? Three. Um, and then all of a sudden it's like. Uh, you know, oh, we suck again, right? But ultimately, that did get us Nick Bosa, so I'm not terribly upset about that. Um, and then, you know, he comes back in 2019 and leads them to the Super Bowl. And then in 2020, he gets injured again. And then in 2021, he leads them to the NFC Championship game, though there were injuries in there as well. And so, you know, ultimately, I, I think his legacy, my hope, my hope personally, is that 49er fans as we move forward, even into the Trey Lance era, we'll look back fondly on, on Jimmy Garoppolo and, and what he did bring to this team. And what he brought to this team was respectability at the quarterback position. Is he, you know, a top 10 quarterback in the NFL? I, I would say no. I, you know, I, I think he's, he's, he's definitely one of the top 32, right? I think he, I think he deserves a starting spot that, somewhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but I, I think as 49er fans, we have such... <sighs> We have such uh, high expectations for players from that position. You know, when you when you go through a, a a stretch of Hall of Fame play, right, from Joe Montana to Steve Young, as fans, you know, I was I was a kid. You know, Steve Young was more my guy than Joe Montana just because of my age, right. Whereas my podcast partner uh, on the Denim Dungeon, Tim Sprinkles, Joe Montana is just like a hero to him, um, mm -hmm. but. We've, I think we've, we got, you know, we, I would argue we got, uh, spoiled, right. Uh, with, with, with sustained hall of fame quarterback play. And, and it'll be interesting to see a, a fan base like the Packers once Aaron Rodgers is gone to go from Favre to Rodgers. It'll be interesting to see where they go from there, but I think they're going to have kind of the same situation. And so I think there was a standard that Jimmy Garoppolo was probably never going to meet, right. Unless, unless he won that Super Bowl and he didn't. And, and I think part of it, part of his legacy is that 
is that missed overthrow to to Emmanuel Sanders. I think he'll 49er fans will 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 largely remember that. But like I said, you know, we were in the valley of the shadow of death when it came to quarterback play prior to his arrival. Right. And at the very least, he allowed Kyle Shanahan to display his prowess as a head coach and as a as an offensive play caller. And I think I think Kyle Shanahan got every ounce of what he could out of Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that offense was designed more around his limitations than than what he actually brought physically to the table. And I think ultimately one of the things that I'll remember is is that knee injury I really feel like kind of derailed him a little bit. I mean, if you watch him play football, it, it still looks like he doesn't trust that knee. He doesn't trust uh, you know, he he won't step up into the pocket, especially if it's muddled. Um, he he can't really escape the pocket anymore. His his athleticism went down a little bit uh, after that knee injury. And so there are definitely things that you can point to and be like, this is why they're moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo. But ultimately, I think his legacy is, hey, he brought respectability back to the position. He allowed Kyle Shanahan to establish himself in Santa Clara. And now it's it's sink or swim for Shanahan and for Lynch, right? With 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 Trey Lance. They they made their bed with Trey Lance and now it's time to lay in it. And and I'm excited. I I have all the hope in the world that uh that that he is going to be really, really good. Um, but we're gonna see. Uh, but he at least allowed Kyle Shanahan to 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 stay the head coach of the 49ers. And 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 for me, I think that might be the thing I'm most grateful for. Yeah, and you you brought up you said the word complicated, and I think that's a good way to put it. So when he came in, you got to remember those years. So you're talking four head coaches in four years. That may have been as dark and maybe as embarrassment of a franchise this is a franchise has ever been. You you the Harbaugh thing happens, and I never said with Harbaugh wasn't that they got rid of Harbaugh because Harbaugh is kind of nuts, right? I mean, dude's crazy. So if they had to get rid of him, I understand. It's not that they got rid of him. It's what ha- happened after they got rid of him, right? You do right. the Jim Tom Sula thing, and then he lasts a <laughs> yeah. year, and then Chip Kelly, that was a disaster, absolute disaster. And they should have gotten rid of um, – they should have gotten rid of Balky when they got rid of Tom Sula, but they keep him a year, and that year was just a waste. It was just a waste yeah. of year. And then you bring in Shanahan, and you're hoping – but they, they were 1 in 10, man. And a lot of the right. things that they – the people they brought in wasn't working. And then Jimmy comes in and you have that excitement, right? But then the complication starts. The next year, they did not look good those first three games. And Jimmy was a, I think it was a holding call on a pick six. If that doesn't get called, they're all in three. So didn't look good. The knee injury happens. But then 2019, I thought during the regular season, he played pretty well. Considering the knee injury coming back from, I thought he had a good season. Was he prolific? No, but I thought he had a good season. He had some really strong games that year. I say he was prolific game. in some games for sure. Yeah, the New Orleans yeah. game, the Halloween game against the Cardinals. Yeah. He was terrific at Seattle. Yeah. I, I was like, wow, I think think we got our guy because I think he's going to get better. Then the playoffs happen, and I'm like, Kyle does not trust him. Right. And again, I started it, and people, no, you're crazy. They, why would you not run the ball? They were running it. I'm like, no, again, come down to reality. He took the ball out of his hands two games in a row. I understand mm-hmm. they were running the ball against Green Bay, but Jimmy almost threw an interception in the first, I think it was the early second or late first quarter. Yeah. That bounced out of the guy's hands. And then Kyle, that was it. He didn't throw right. anymore. And I, he did trust him a little bit more in the Super Bowl, but then in the fourth quarter, didn't play well. Yeah. So that happens. And then the Brady stuff, and then, okay, they do have faith in him. But then I think 2020 is where the complications really boiled over because he's hurt again, right? Yep. 
there was a little bit of discrepancy between what he thought his injuries were, his camp anyway, and mm-hmm. the Niners. Now, all of a sudden, Kyle Shanahan has three 10-loss seasons in three in four years. Right. I don't care how good of a coach you are. If the results aren't there, you're not to keep your job. So I think, he, I think he said after that year, I can't run with this guy. And mm-hmm. they spent that whole offseason trying to replace him. If Deshaun Watson didn't have the legal troubles, I believe to this day he would have been a 49er. Um, I'm so, convinced the trade package they sent to Miami was the package they put together for Watson. And when that off. hit, they're like, all right, well, now we just got to trade up. Yeah, I agree with you're you. You're not far off. They were in yeah. on Stafford. They checked in other guys. They were in on Watson. That happened. They made the trade to Miami to move up to get Lance. Everything they've done has told you that they want to move on. And Jimmy comes back this year, and he did – you know, he battled through injuries. I'm mean, giving him credit. I mean, he was playing for his career. He was playing for, like, a sure. contract year. But he battled through injuries. He didn't play particularly well. Um, in the playoffs, I thought again, he was terrible and whether that was because of injuries or whatever it was, but it was this complicated thing where like they were winning with him and not without him, but the play without him was so bad and he, he made things bad for Shanahan because all these 10 lost seasons. So it was, it was complicated. That is the best way to put it is complication. And in the yeah. end, he's been a very polarizing figure where he has, they call him Jimmy stands, right? Is that what, mm-hmm. whatever, yeah. where yep. he has his support group, which I think is small. But a lot of the fan base right now is like, dude, get the hell out of here. And I don't know that he deserves that. I don't no. think he does. My thing with him, Brian, I never, I never hated Jimmy. To me, just the writing was on the wall. Sure. The Niners don't want him. The Niners are moving on. So it wasn't a personal thing for me where I'm like, get the hell out of here. It was more like, I'm just seeing what's there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm seeing what's in front of me. So that's, that's what I thought with it. Yeah. You know, the, the thing about Jimmy Garoppolo and the thing about the argument, right, that the 49ers and th- and this argument is out there and 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 it's starting to die down in the national media with more reports coming out like you know that they allowed that they're allowing him to seek a trade which you know we've known for a while as as 49er fans and and people who write about the team or talk about the team like th- that was they allowed that back in March like that's not new it's just new to the national media um but you know ultimately i think <clears throat> i think the reality is this Jimmy Garoppolo is an average NFL quarterback who has glimpses of above above average play uh, a handful of times during a season. Yep. And and if you look at when we talk about well, look at Kyle Shanahan's record with Jimmy Garoppolo and look at it without it. And and I say, "Okay, uh, let's look at it, right? Who were the quarterbacks playing for Kyle Shanahan when Jimmy Garoppolo was not? Brian Hoyer, CJ Beathard, and Nick Mullins." Are any of those quarterbacks even an average starting NFL quarterback? The answer is no. Why do we know the answer is no? Because they aren't playing or starting for any other team in the NFL right now. Um, and so really what you say when Kyle Shanahan wins with Jimmy Garoppolo, what you're really saying is Kyle Shanahan wins when he gets average quarterback play from the quarterback position, right? That's what it is. When he can get professional quarterback play he wins and so i feel like when you say kyle shanahan hasn't won without jimmy garoppolo what you're glossing over is because he hasn't had anybody else that is even average starting quarterback and now he has a 22 year old kid with tools out the wazoo and the mental makeup that you dream of in an, in a quarterback, and you have to look at that and go, man, if he can get if he can win at the clip that he did with average quarterback play, 
what is that going to look like with a kid like Trey Lance? If, and that's still an if, I believe it's going to happen, but it's still an if, right? We've only seen him in two games, two and a half games, really, right? What, 10 quarters of, of, of NFL football? Um, if, if, he's, if he is, if, if he even scratches the surface of, of, of that ceiling, I, this offense is going to be unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely unbelievable. And we'll get into those expectations for for Lance, but you you brought up a good point about I don't think people understand like how bad Beathard and Mullins played. Not that they always played bad, just they were so turnover prone. I'm going to give 2020 as an example. Nick Mullins Mm -hmm. single handedly kept them out of the playoffs against Dallas, against Washington, against Philly. He made turnovers and turnovers in the red zone that if you just had a quarterback who didn't set the world on fire, you're nine and seven without your starting quarterback and without Nicholson that year. So, So that says a lot. Now, to get into where, and to answer Tim's question, what's going to happen with Garoppolo, I'll be honest with you. I've seen so many different reports and so many things. I don't know. I don't know if anybody knows. I saw today that the Falcons seem to be interested. Um, I think Ryan Pace maybe was the name I saw. That, who's there now? I don't know if, I, if I'm right on that. Uh, no. Um, are you talking about the GM in, in Atlanta? Yeah. Somebody he's I saw a form, it's Fontenot. It's a, he's a former Saints okay, guy. So there was somebody who was there who had a relationship with Garoppolo at Eastern Illinois, I saw. Um, oh, okay. Okay. But, um, yeah, I'm not sure, but, but um, was, so there Arthur are, Smith runs that, and Arthur Arthur Smith runs that uh, that Kubiak style offense, right? Yeah, and, and that's, so, I guess that's a possibility. Mariota, you know, was just a journeyman, and and then I think they've Desmond Ritter there. Well, um, injury so concerns there. Yeah, so maybe it's Mariota. a possibility. I kind of thought the Falcons were just kind of throwing the season away to get one of the QBs next year, but I guess yeah. that's a possibility. I don't buy the Browns. I mean, I say that, and then they'll probably trade for him. But Watson won't be gone more than eight games. You know, they have Brissett there. By the way, yeah, yeah. Don't even get started. Yeah, they have Brissett there. Um, I don't know about that. The Giants. I don't see them bringing him in. They got to see what they have in Daniel Jones. I don't. And they have six million in cap space right now. Right. Seattle's a great spot, but are the Niners going to trade him? Not that they. I don't think it's not that they wouldn't trade him inside the division because they're afraid of him. It's that it's more drama. Like, do you sure. really want that twice a year? Do you really, you know, right. that's the thing. So if he gets if, cut, I think Seattle would be there. But the trade stuff, yeah. I just don't know. I just don't know. I don't think, I don't think, Brian, that he can be there when camp starts. It's just too much of a distraction. And people say in a perfect world, well, why can't he be the backup? Sure. In a perfect world, it would be nice to have him as the backup. But yeah. th- they need to hand Trey Lance the keys. And I know for a fact that Jimmy Garoppolo mm-hmm. is very well liked in that locker room. Oh yeah. You do not need him behind Lance's shoulder. You, you, no. it, Lance, if they, if Lance fell to them at 12 or they took him in the second round, you could say, all right, we'll see what happens. They sure. mortgage the future for Lance, right? Hand him the keys and, mm-hmm. and get everything out of the way for him. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. What, he's not going to be there, but I, I don't know when or how it's going to happen. Yeah. You know, um, Jack hammer who covers the 49ers for the, uh, Santa Rosa, uh, Santa Rosa press Democrat tweeted out yesterday that, Jimmy Garoppolo makes the 49ers better, right? Uh, because a Lance Garoppolo combo is better than a Lance Sudfeld combo. And I replied to him and I said, inherently, that fact is true, right? Roster mm-hmm. talent wise, Jimmy Garoppolo is better than Nate Sudfeld. But there's more that goes into it than simply who, who makes them better as the backup quarterback. And that is team and roster dynamics, right? And those are more important than having a better backup quarterback, because as they say, if you have to count on your backup quarterback to win a, like a handful of games in a season, your season is probably lost already. 
right? Mm -hmm. Cause that means that your starter went down with an injury that kept them out for multiple weeks. And so you can't really, you can't really plan your roster management around well, what if he gets injured, right? Well, you know, that, that I don't think there's a team in this, in the NFL that, that, that plans their roster that way, right? A front office that, that manages their roster with what ifs. And so, no, you can't have a $27 million quarterback as your backup quarterback. And if you're Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers come to you and go, look, we want you to be Trey's backup, but we want you to take a pay cut. If I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I give them the middle finger and I tell them no, right? Like, why am I? I'm not going to do you any favors. If you want me on this team, you're going to pay me $27 million. Otherwise, I'm gone, right? Yeah. Like, get me he's out of here. He's not going to yeah. want to He's, so, he's going to yeah. force me out at some point. And, and I see that, you know, and I see that on, you know, on Twitter, 49ers Twitter, right? Um, well, why, why can't he just be a backup? Well, it, it doesn't work out that way. Well, he could take a pay cut. No, he's not going to take a pay cut. If he takes a pay cut, it's going to be from a team that's going to give him a starting opportunity because that's the only way that he's going to earn another contract with a different team moving forward. So yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo is gone. Matt, May, uh, Matt Barrows was on uh, Candlestick Chronicles with, um, uh, Kyle Madsen and uh, Chris Biederman. And uh, I, Kyle's probably going to appreciate that I put him first. But um, Chris Biederman covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. And, and Barrows was on their show. And he said, Jimmy, he basically said, Jimmy Garoppolo is not a 49er. He hasn't been in Santa Clara since that farewell press conference. Mm -hmm. You know, he's been rehabbing down in Southern California and whatnot. But for all intents and purposes, he's gone already. Right. And so, like you said, they're, my, uh, I put a, a, I wrote an article earlier this week is basically said, mark it down. He's not going to be on the roster week one, but one of the issues is a lack of trade partners, right? Like you said, the Browns in, in less, unless, uh, unless Watson does get a lengthier suspension than eight games, which he deserves and he should, and mm -hmm. will he probably not, but if he was gone for a full season, it would make sense. They've got that right. team has like four, uh, I think close to $40 million in cap space right now even with that absurd Watson contract, because the way they structured it was to make this season very small salary for him right. with, with in mind that he was going to be suspended, which just makes me feel icky, but it is what it is. Right. Um, but the Falcons don't make sense, right? The giants don't make sense. The Texans have already said like, no, we like Davis mills. They don't make sense. So unless there's a dark horse team out there somewhere that all of a sudden, you know, makes sense. Jimmy Garoppolo isn't going to get traded. So what is going to happen? He's going to get cut, right? And mm -hmm. I don't think, like you said, I don't think the 49ers are going to hold on to him through camp, just hoping another team has a quarterback injury where they're going to need to trade for Garoppolo because there's a lot of things that they're trying to get done right now, not the least of which is uh, get their 22-year-old quarterback ready for the season and, and get everybody else on board with him as QB one, that's one, but two, they're trying to sign Debo Samuel to a pretty, uh, pretty hefty contract. And they would also like to s extend Nick Bosa to a hefty contract. Now, I don't know that they're trying to do that right now. I think they're going to look towards next season, but if I was Bosa and I've torn an ACL in the NFL and I had a, you know, I, I tore my abductor muscle in, in college and I had an ACL injury in high school as well. I'm, I'm trying to get that extension as soon as possible. So perhaps they're, they're trying to get that done, but regardless, they got to sign Debo. They, they have to, and, and they will, but yeah. it would definitely make it easier if Garoppolo's 24.2 million wasn't on the books.
All right, 24 minutes on Jimmy. Why not? Let's do it. Hey, 24 minutes. That's one minute for every million that they save when (laughs) he's not on the the roster anymore. That's one way to look at it. (laughs) All right, so now moving into the the quarterback that is actually going to be on the roster is Trey Lance. And I don't know if you heard the interview that Matt Mayoko had with Steve Young on his podcast, but Steve Young put it, as he normally does, so well in terms of what to expect from Trey Lance. So what Young said was, you can't judge him in week one. You can't judge him in week three. You can't judge him probably after year one. And he brought up things like, he's got to have a four interception game and see how he bounces back. He's got to get booed at home and see how he bounces back. He's got to have a four touchdown game when his head is huge and see how he bounces back. He's got to adjust. He's got to play in big games. He's got to play in primetime games. There's all these things that he has to go through. And for me with Lance, it's this. And there's going to be a lot of, I guess, hot takes, right, from national media, from from people on Twitter, everywhere. After everything he does, after an interception he throws, after an inaccurate pass, everything. This is the bottom line with Lance, and it's not the – it's not the sexy thing to say. It's not going to get clicks. It's not going to get listens. But with Lance, the answer to almost everything for like the next, I don't know, year and a half is we'll see. Right. Pretty much it. Like that's, right. that's the rational thing to think about him is how is, what is, who is Trey Lance going to be? I don't know. We'll see. He just threw two picks. Is he a bust? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> he threw four, four, four touchdowns. Is he the next Josh yeah. Allen? We'll see. It right. really is with everything. And now we won't do that. We're going to have to react on it on a week-by-week basis too. Is everybody but the reality is he is a young quarterback. And honestly, Brian, all he's got to do is not screw up for this team sure. to be good. He's got to sure. not Nick Mullins. Just don't be Nick right. Mullins. Don't throw and- crushing interceptions. If he doesn't do that, they're going to win 10 games. they got a great roster. They're going to be fine. Uh-huh. But patience is the key. Patience is the word. He's yeah. a young QB. There's ups and downs. He's probably not going to be the most accurate QB in the world anyway. Um, that doesn't mean he can be a good QB, but mm-hmm. patience, man. It's 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 going to ups and downs, ups and downs. Yeah. That's what I expect this year. Well, and that and that was part of the reason why I was very vocal last season as saying like I I think Trey should have started last season, not because I thought that he was going to uh, be better than Jimmy Garoppolo, but because he needs reps. Like that's what he needs mm-hmm. and. You know, one of the advantages of having a rookie quarterback is you have a rookie quarterback on a rookie quarterback contract, which allows you to do things like have the highest paid left tackle in the NFL, have the highest paid tight end in the NFL, have a top probably 10 paid wide receiver in the NFL, have the highest paid edge rusher in the NFL, right? Like all of these things that they either A, have done or B, want to do, they can do because Trey Lance is on a rookie contract right now. Things would have been a lot easier with Debo Samuel if they had Jimmy's $26 million that he made last year available this past offseason, right? They could have rolled that over. They would have had a ton of space, right? And that's, again, one of the reasons why there's no way that Jimmy Garoppolo is on this roster come week one is because that $24 million, uh, they can roll that over next year. So now it's like kind of double dipping, right? You get it you get to roll over the cap space, plus he's gone next year. And so Trey Lance is a 22-year-old quarterback who who last played a full season of football in 2019. That's who he is. And, and, And for me, I know that I have to be ready for games, like you said, where he throws four interceptions. 
or mm-hmm. games where you know he doesn't he doesn't drive them down the field in in the two minute drill to get the victory or whatever the case may be. The expectations that I have for Trey Lance. Uh, somebody asked uh, me on Twitter earlier today, "What are your expectations for for Lance and Camp?" And and to me, it, they're kind of similar to what I expect in the regular season. Is this? I want to see him command the huddle, and I think he will. I think he has that capability. He has those leadership skills. the The players, the players have 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 talked glowingly about Trey Lance, which is one of the reasons why I'm excited. Right? I I don't need me to be excited. I don't need to look at Trey Lance and go, "Here's the things that excite me." I can listen to George Kittle. I can listen to Brandon Ayuk. I can listen to Robbie Gold. I can listen to these players say, "Like, man, this kid, this the this kid's ceiling is through the roof." Right? Um, but I want to see him command the huddle, and I would love to see him somewhere between fifty-five to sixty-five percent when it comes to accuracy. That's it. That's all I want to see from him. Those two things. And if we see those two things, like you said, this roster is so talented. It is so talented. There have been people that you know have have diminished it in terms of like rankings. You know, they put out rankings where it's like, you know, I, I I saw one from CBS Sports where they had the 49ers ranked as like the 17th best uh, roster in the NFL, and I was just like, okay, well, you don't a watch football, and b you don't know anything about the 49ers <laughs> roster, right? Right, right? Because ESPN also put out top tens at every position, and the 49ers had the best left tackle, they had the best tight end, they had a top ten wide receiver. They had uh, a top five uh, defensive end. They had a the best uh, off-ball linebacker. Like, here are all these levels of the roster that have these players, and you're like, the 17th best roster? No. So, like you said, as long as he doesn't perform at Nick Mullins' 2020 levels, this team is going to win football games. I've always said, I think the floor for Trey is Jimmy's performance last season, which was average at best right now Mm -hmm. now are now jimmy jimmy's great on third down right is trey going to be as good as jimmy on third down probably not probably nowhere near as good as jimmy garoppolo but at the same time part of why part of part of the issue was jimmy garoppolo wasn't that great on first and second down so now all of a sudden we're on third and long and and jimmy garoppolo is able to make these plays but it's my hope that with trey lance you aren't in those same positions. You aren't in third and long. You aren't in uh, th- even third and, 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 and intermediate, right? Like you're third and short because you've got a, a stout running game. You've got it, the threat of Trey Lance in the running game, which is really all that it's going to take to open up some things for the, for the offense. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, do I expect like RG3 level performance or RG3 rookie season level performance from Trey Lance? Probably not. Right. RG3 came from started at Baylor for what? I believe three years before he came in the NFL. He had more starting experience at a higher uh, competition level. But what did RG3 have his rookie year that Trey Lance has in his second year? Kyle Shanahan is his offensive coordinator. So I, like you said, as long as, as long as he's not actively losing games, that's all that I want to see from this kid. And, and, and he's going to have five primetime games. Like you said, how's he going to perform in those? You know, he's gonna, he's gonna go into some really difficult environments. And so how does he do? What does he look like? And, you know, am, am I expecting 4,000 plus yards and 20 plus touchdowns and 10 running touchdowns? No, I'm not going to expect any numbers. I don't want to do that because I'm just going to probably disappoint myself. So, like I said, what do I expect from Trey Lance? I expect him to command the huddle. I expect to see him make 
the right decision more often than not. And if he has, like I said, 55 to 65% accuracy, that's going to be perfect. That's all, that's all I need from him. Yeah, and I think somewhere where, where the Niners are getting slept on to in terms of their roster, and not to gloss over the Debo contract, but I think this late in the game, I think we're okay. I was yeah. nervous for a while. I think going into camp, they're, they're going to figure it out. And this is, I think, I think Fred Warner signed in like July 20, might have been July 21st. July 21st, yep. Yeah, so today. Yeah, um, today. And um, Kittle, I believe, was early August. Maybe mm-hmm. August fourth. It's ridiculous yep. that I know the dates. Yeah. I need to, I need a life or something like. This. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's what it was. So you could probably, yeah. you said probably when something happens with Jimmy, you could see almost pretty quick Debo. And, sure. and I, I think the Bosa thing is interesting to me because they've never given out money to a non non really anybody that they're going to have to give Bosa. So I'm interested to see what happens there. I don't think that Trent Williams yeah. contract's pretty hefty. It is, but I think Nick Bosa is going. You're going to be like oh, well, Nick's going to be thirty million a year. Wow money yeah so we'll yeah. see i think they're going to try to get it done i think everybody wants to get it done i'm just yeah. interested i'm saying i'm interested we'll just see what happens that. Sure. but anyway where i'm going with this warren sharp had posted um the best receiving corpse in 2022 who we thought were going to be in the niners were two and i was like sure you know, you're goddamn right they're probably that's two. right people are being <laughs> on them like crazy i'm gonna tell you why it wasn't just it was receiving corpse the whole thing your pass catchers you're talking right. the niners have two absolutely blue chip dudes Superstars. Yep. Superstars don't even ha- just literally just throw all they did with Garoppolo is they just handed him the ball. Here, here's mm-hmm. a two yard double pass. Go run it 70 yards. Right. You know, Kittle is great after the catch. Mm-hmm. Two absolute studs that Lance doesn't have to make 15, 20 yards completion to. We could literally do a safe throw. I mean, right. the play that saved the season was a pass five yards behind the line of scrimmage, right? Against yeah, Chicago. the the screen the pass Evo. in Chicago right. that he took, so, yeah, to the house. So you have those two guys who are absolute studs, and mm-hmm. then you have p- people that I feel like nationally get slept on. Brandon yeah. Ayuk is one. Yep. Brandon Ayuk after he got out of the doghouse, whatever that weird shit was, I don't, I don't yeah. know on there, but yeah. once he got out of the doghouse, he had a really good season, a really good season, and he's yeah, got he chemistry with Lance. So to me, <laughs> that's the have, that's the big thing. Yeah, absolutely. He, I, I think I think Lance take a or I'm sorry, you can take a big step with Lance this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't expect Debo to ever do what he did last year. That was a once-in-a-lifetime amazing season. That doesn't mean he's not going to be really good again. I just don't. I think that's too too high of a level. And I don't at. think they need him to. Like, the reason that he had that season was because they had injuries in the running back room. And so he had, he had to, to yeah, team, it, it was out of necessity. I, I And I don't think Debo wants a season like that agreed, <laughs> again agreed. either. But yeah. so now you have these two blue chip guys and you have a, a legit number two in IU, right? Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. you have the people that really, unless you're a Niner fan, you probably don't know about Juwan Jennings, who's just yeah. making tough catches last year and looks like he's really going to ascend. And he's your fourth option. Uh-huh. And I think somebody like McLeod, who again, well, he's going to return kicks. Well, have you watched him play? Because he's kind of a Kyle Shanahan receiver. He's exactly. really fast. And Kyle's yeah. going to find ways to get him the ball in space. We'll see with Danny Gray. You never know with rookies. You know, yeah. I get ask guy hope but this is a really 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 talented pass catching group Shana, I, I would say shanahan came out and said i actually scouted and liked mcleod as a receiver and then found yeah. out later he returned kicks so it was a hundred percent he wanted mcleod as a receiver and there's just a bonus that he's also a kick returner so yeah yeah People, i think he's excited uh, about him watch i'm not saying he's going to catch 60 balls but he's no. going to make plays there's going to be some plays that he's going to they'll probably draw up for him and he's there's he's going to have like a 30 yard gain when you're like oh right. you know, big big play type thing right so i'm i'm as excited about their receive their receiving corpse their pass catchers mm-hmm. i don't know i don't even remember the last time i've been this excited 
19, I don't know, 1994. I don't know. <laughs> you know like, yeah. I was going to say, I, I was trying to think, you know, I, I would say probably the last time I felt really good about their, their pass catchers would have been uh, Vernon Davis, Michael Crabtree and Anquan Bolden. Bolden. Yeah. Um, but again, you've got Anquan Bolden on the, on the back end of his career. You've got Michael Crabtree who really kind of underachieved in the NFL. And then you've yeah. got Vernon Davis who there's been some Vernon Davis slander uh, in 49ers Twitter that I was not ready to stand for because uh, that dude was incredible. Um, and I love George Kittle. I've got a George Kittle jersey. Um, I love everything that George Kittle does. I love everything that George Kittle stands for. I would still argue that Vernon Davis is a better receiver of uh, at the tight end position Ooh. than than uh, than Kittle was. Wow, that's a good Not, that's a good debate. That's a really yeah. good debate. Um, but but like you said, um, it, it it hasn't been this deep because I mean, look at last year, right? You had Debo and you had Ayuk, but then behind it, you had a, a uh, Jawan Jennings, who was still learning the 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 position and and didn't come on until late, and then you had Muhammad Sanu and Trent Sherfield, and then a rotating cast of characters, right. you know, behind that. And now, like you said, you've got Debo, a suit of a, a certified superstar. You've got Ayuk, who again took it seems like took that step that he needed to, and really came on at the end of the season. You've got Jennings, who also took that step and came on at the end of the season. But then behind them, you've got Ray Ray McLeod and you've got Danny Gray. So it's the depth that they have um, that really is, uh, to me, and, 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 and the reason why Warren has them uh, listed at two is because, again, they've, they, they've got depth to really take advantage of some defenses for sure. And a lot of speed, which is also key. All right, you got me thinking about this Davis-Kittle thing now because that's a really good <laughs> – All right, so I'm looking at Vernon's stats, and I think Vernon had some drops. Sure, but Vernon, so does Kittle. Vernon had a really stupid penalty in the NFC Championship game. That yeah, that, that game that game is burned in my brain. That 2011 NFC Championship game, like I've mm-hmm. nightmares about it to this day. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> you look at what he did, and he did this on an offense that was not a passing offense. Right, I mean, right, at all. right. 78, 2009, 78 catches, 965 yards, 13 TDs. He had mm-hmm. 914 yards the following year. Um, 2013, 850 yards, 13 TDs, where Vernon to me was just unbelievable. And I, I did bring up the dumb penalty, but that doesn't take away what he did in the playoffs. He was, listen yeah. to this, Brian, his playoff games, seven for 180 and two TDs in that New Orleans game and one of the biggest catches in 49ers. Yeah, the catch three. <laughs> yep. Three for 112 and two TDs in that NFC Championship game in a game in where it was basically Brett Swain was the right. I think Crabtree right. didn't do anything. It was that yeah. was Vernon. That was it. Yep, that was um, it. The, the next season and the run to the Super Bowl, one for forty-four, but then five for one hundred six in a TD and six for one hundred four in the Super Bowl. So he yeah. did four out of his first five playoff games were over a hundred yards. He was a yep. beast. Yeah, five playoff touchdowns, absolute beast. Now, again, we're just. I love both of these guys. They're both fantastic. This is just one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, now, do you look at George Kittle again? It's, had it's ugly goals. in the playoffs. I was going to get to that. Yeah, I'm going to get to yeah. that because yeah, it's just a good discussion, right? Yeah. Kittle's been a mo- what Kittle's done during the regular season, unbelievable catch. Especially that was that the 20, it was it 2020 or yeah, it was 2020 when he broke the record or was that 2018? 2018. That's 2018 what it was. Yeah. with Beathard and whoever else throwing to him, 88, yeah. Mullins, yeah. and um, he had 85 for 1,053 after that. Um, the only year he's played 16 games really, you know, as a starter mm-hmm. with it, 2018, he was unbelievable. Yeah. His pace is consistently unbelievable. He's nine or in mm-hmm. top five all time in yards per game, catches per game, everything is fantastic. 
Now, where he did what he doesn't do is score a lot of touchdowns. He's only got right. twenty touchdowns in his career. We just said right. Vernon had a couple of years with thirteen. With, and you look yeah, at with double digit, yeah. And again, I don't think they've used him in the playoffs the way that they should. Right. But you look at Kittle's postseason games. So Kittle's played six postseason games. He has fifteen catches, one hundred and seventy nine yards, and a touchdown. Vernon had more than that yardage wise in his first playoff game ever. You know, yeah. so it's a good debate. Yeah. So, so sure. they're both good blockers. Uh, they're both mm-hmm. probably the two best tight ends. No disrespect to Brent Jones, but probably the two best tight ends in Niners In-49ers history. Niners history, yeah, yeah. And you just have Davis, who um, maybe played a little bigger in the playoffs, maybe was featured more in the playoffs. Um, I think I it's that like, second part for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I'd like to see Kittle have one of those ten TD years, right? I'd like to see Kittle right. get in the playoffs and just have that monster game. And again, I think they they leave him in the block. I hate that. Let him mm-hmm. be a monster. But it's it's yeah. a good debate, man. I think. I, I don't think when you talk about the pluses and the minuses for either one of them, I don't think you're knocking either one of them. It's just a good right. debate. Um, that's a yeah. good article. Yeah, that was really yeah. good. I, I think I saw, like, I might have seen that, and I jumped oh, in. It was, it was, it was just a debate on Twitter. That It wasn't but, even an article. It was just a debate. Yeah, which, but yeah. it was a good one. But there were definitely people who, to, to pump up George Kittle, were slandering Vernon Davis. And I was like, I don't think you guys remember very well how impressive Vernon Davis was. Not just as a player, but as a physical specimen. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. that running. Yeah, he was he was awesome. I love. But and hey, hey, they've both repped eighty five very well, and absolutely. so I'm I'm all on board. I'm all absolutely. on board. I love both of them. That's awesome, man. That's yeah. That, that's yeah. a good talk. All right. So yeah. I did want to ask you too. I, I'm a little bit worried about the old line, just mm-hmm. the interior. I think McGlinchey yeah. is going to be fine. I think I think Williams is going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Brunskill. I like him as a guard. Aaron Banks, we'll see. I mean, if the Niners have faith in him, maybe he's going to come across. I'm a little bit worried about the center position because it's so important yes. to Dan's offense. Yes. And Jake Brendel's like 30. It's not like he's this young right. guy who's like, oh, he's 23. He's, he's not a prospect. Guy. Yeah. Right. He's been around. Mm-hmm. So do they have to shift Brunskill there and do McKivitz or more maybe play? I don't know. Or even Buford. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. the other guard spot, I'm a little bit guard. One of the guards center. I have faith. To an extent, they know what they're doing with Banks. They're kind of handing yeah. him the position. At, you know, they he had a redshirt year. We'll see. There'll be ups and downs as there always are. But Lake and Tomlinson is, you know, the big shoes to fill. But I'm I'm worried about Forrester handpicked Brendel. He's the guy. Okay, man. I hope so. I hope yeah. so. I hope you're right. I'm not saying maybe he will be. I, I don't know. You know, but that's just when you have an unknown like that mm-hmm. with a rookie quarterback, it's it's a it's a little concerning. What one of the things I'm I'm I I'm more than just a little concerned. Um, I so here's the thing with with the center position, right? It's so interesting to me that it is as important as it is in the Kyle Shanahan offense, and they did not really do anything to address it. Right. Um, and the the comment uh, that we we just saw up there. Um, uh, Furser knows uh, Brendel from his time in Miami, and and is and he and Furser is the reason why uh, Brendel is in San Francisco now. Um, you know, he brought him in to be you know to be the backup. Now he has to start right, and so is you know is, is that ideal? I I mean, it's hard to say yes, right? Um, but the one thing that I think it, it can be a little bit underrated is. Um, Trey Lance spent a lot of time with the second team last year in practice, taking second team reps, right? And his center at the time was Jake Brendel. So there is a relationship be- between good the point. two of them there, which mm-hmm. is which is good, right? Like 
you want that you want that center QB relationship to be solid. I think personally, what they you know um, the the same gentleman who said first or handpicked Brendel says the the fact they haven't addressed speaks to their confidence. I would agree to an extent. I would agree that you know they do have confidence. That's why you know I think they have confidence in Banks. Uh, there were reports that um, Banks could have played last year towards the end of the season, but Tomlinson was you know great so there mm-hmm. wasn't really any any place for him and honestly i don't think they even had any consideration of putting him at right guard i i'm i'm not an uh, an offensive lineman um but uh brad graham who runs the sf niners um that he he's a he's an o-line expert right that was his position loves talking o-line uh but he taught he has talked about how difficult it can be to switch from one side to the other uh just with footwork and all of that and so i think i think what they did with banks was they knew that Tomlinson was going to, uh, was going to walk. They weren't going to pay him what he was going to command on the open market. And so they brought his replacement in a year early, let him learn the position. And now he's going to, you know, hit the ground running, uh, once the season starts, I, I have, I I have, I have a lot of confidence that Aaron banks is going to be fine, mainly because he's right next to the best left tackle in the NFL and in Trent Williams. That's, that's going to help a little bit. Um, I think with Brendel, I think what they're going to do is give him an opportunity to show that he is ready uh, to take the position. And if he doesn't, there is somebody that's sitting out there just ready to, to, to get into camp with a team when they need him. And that's JC Treader. Um, JC Treader was the uh, center for the Browns for the past, I believe four seasons, and he's still available. And I think part of why he's still available is because he is older, um, and this would again just be more more along the lines of an Alex Mack situation. You bring him in for a year, you help him mold either Donovan West, the undrafted free agent out of Arizona State, or Nick Zakel, who they took in the sixth round, was a tackle at Fordham. But it sounds like they want him to move inside to center, and they also have undrafted free agent Jason Poe, who was actually my favorite undrafted free agent they had. What I'm more excited about for Jason Poe is to see him at fullback. I think. I think they're gonna. Uh, I think he's gonna be on the practice squad this season, and I think he could quite literally be the replacement for Kyle Yuschek. He played uh, guard at Mercer. He also played a little bit of center, but he also played some fullback, which was awesome. But um, I think I, I think there is if Brendel during camp and during the preseason isn't isn't necessarily showing what they want to see, they could always bring Treader in and. Treader, Treader didn't practice hardly at all last season with the Browns, but showed up every game and played well. So, um, yeah, uh, I heard Treader is unable to practice during the week. But here's the thing is that Treader's coming from that Kubiak system. So I don't think he'd have to practice all that much to be an effective player on Sunday. Now, does that do you want a center that isn't practicing during the week when you've got a 22-year-old, for all intents and purposes, rookie quarterback? Maybe that's part of the issue, and maybe that's why he doesn't end up uh, being brought in. But again, if Brendel isn't showing what he needs to, they've got to do something because that is the linchpin of the offensive line. And we've seen what happens when they have uh, subpar play at the center position, uh, and, and it's not pretty. It's not pretty at all. So, um, yes, I am worried. Uh, but just like with Trey Lance, it's got to be more um, we'll see, right? Which is. Right. Which right. sucks to say, and which isn't good content, and which isn't you know, fans don't want to hear. We'll see, but ultimately, that's kind of where we're at. 
Yeah, and I'll give them credit too. I mean, you look at back to 2019 when Staley and Glenn Sheeman saw that time and you've got um, Skule and Brunskill playing the tackles and you're like, who the hell are these guys? And they go undefeated with them. And, you, you know, yeah. so maybe maybe they know more or, than we do. Or, or McKivitz against the Rams, right? McKivitz exactly, against right, the Rams. Right, yeah. right. Kind of, it, maybe it's just they have these system fits that just work. Mm-hmm. Again, we'll see, we know we'll see we'll see what it's all about. All right, yeah. I'm gonna put you on the spot with one more thing. I don't know if yeah. I told you I was gonna do this or not, but awesome. so I love this defense. I love it. I love the yes. Nico Ryan's. I love yes. that they just have waves on the defensive line. That's how they were so dominant last year. You know, they had talk about it. They had um, Stafford in the last week of the season shook. They had Prescott shook. Aaron Rodgers couldn't move the ball. I know it was two degrees or whatever it was, but he couldn't move the ball. Yeah. Um, you know, they played well in the NFC championship game. They only gave up 17 and a half points over the last 12 games, including the playoffs. Yep. And now, and now, you know, they've added more guys, you know, with Hyder, um, um, with the dude from the Colts, whose name is expecting me, who I, escaping me. Who Kamiko I Torre. Right. Yeah. I love Torre. I love that. I yeah. love that. I'm a, my dad's a Colts fan, so I'll pay attention awesome. to him. But I thought he was a, he was a good player. Yeah. Um, I love what they did there. Kinlaw has got to have that big year, right? Yes. But. What do you think? Is there anything in your mind? Because I have a couple things I'll say after that can derail the defense at all. Not obviously injuries, but if we're mm-hmm. not talking injuries, just things that maybe we're overlooking that can derail the defense. Do you think yeah. there's anything? You know what? The thing that the thing that has my favorite my favorite thing that has happened this offseason is that they finally invested in the secondary. That mm-hmm. is something that they haven't really done in the entire Shanahan Lynch era. Now you could say they invested in in Richard Sherman, but we're still talking about a Richard Sherman on the back end of his career. Still played really well, especially in 2019. I'm not taking anything away from him. I love Richard Sherman. Um, I am I'm very excited for him to be on uh, Amazon's uh, Thursday night football coverage. Like that's going to be phenomenal. He's going to do a great job. But they didn't. They haven't really invested in the secondary. And over the past two off seasons, right? Last off season. They, uh, they drafted, uh, two cornerbacks, right? Um, they drafted, uh, Diamador Lenore and they drafted Amber Thomas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Amber Thomas ended up having a pretty big impact on the defense later in the season. Diamador Lenore was the hot name in preseason and early. And then all of a sudden it just felt like he was in the witness protection program. I still don't know where he's right. at. Um, but then this off season, they make a huge investment in Charverius Ward, which to me was one of the best signings of the offseason across the NFL because Ward quietly is one of the better man-to-man corners in the NFL. If you look at his next-gen stats and you look at um, kind of if you take a step back from just, you know, the, the, the glory stats, interceptions, things like that, you know, when you're, when you're looking at the secondary, Charverius Ward is going to make this team significantly better. Uh, because okay. he can be put on an island and, you know, they can, you know, they can trust him on, on the left side and then play more zone and, and, you know, but, but at the same time, Emmanuel Mosley is criminally underrated as well. Incredibly so yeah. th- they have, they have so much depth in the secondary now, um, especially at cornerback with Ward, with Mosley, with Verrett. Hey, if Verrett comes back, right. And he's at 2020 levels that, there's not a better cornerback trio in the NFL. I, I, I will, I will die on that hill. There is not a better trio if Verrett is healthy, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got those three, but then you've also got Thomas, who showed promise at the end of the year, 
And then you've got these two guys that they drafted this year that I'm really excited about, which is Womack, who I think is 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 kind of earmarked for the slot. And then you've got Tariq Castro Fields, who I think is a unique prospect and and very well could surprise some people. You know, he fell to the sixth round and Eric Crocker did a breakdown of him. And basically at the end of it, Crocker was like, I have no idea why he's in the sixth round. Like he should have gone higher than that. Right. And so the secondary has been the Achilles heel for this defense and would have been my answer any other year than this year of what can derail this defense. Now that they've addressed that, I, I quite literally, and I'm not trying to be a homer here. I don't think there's anything that can derail this defense. The only question mark they have is that strong safety, but they still have three guys that could really fill that role that Tart played in Tarvarius Moore, Talanoa Hufunga, and George Odom, who they brought over from the Colts. I don't know. I know you said your dad's a Colts fan. Colts fans were really upset that they did not bring Odom back. Um, because he's a he's just a good player, right? Mm-hmm. And that's and that's what you need at strong safety. You don't need a superstar. You just need a good player. And so now they bring Odom in, who filled in incredibly during the during the regular season last year for the Colts when they had some injuries and he played at strong safety. And he's a special teams ace, which is a bonus, right? And so I honestly like and oh and and then this week the uh, the 49ers signed Robert Kimdiche as the newest Chris Kasurik reclamation project, right? So now that defensive line on the edge, you've got Bosa, you've got um, Ebukam, you've got Ture, you've got Charles Amenahu, you've got Kerry Hyder, who I actually think is probably going to play more inside than, than on the edge. Mm -hmm. And then you've also got Drake Jackson, the guy they drafted in the second round, right? Right, exactly. And so you've got incredible depth there. And then if you look to the inside, you've got Armstead, you've got Kinlaw, You've got uh, Maurice Hurst, who is back and hopefully healthy, right? Who would have played a bigger role last year. You've got Kevin Givens. Now you've got Kim Diche and Hyder, like an embarrassment of riches along the defensive line. And then we've got the arguably the best linebacker trio in the NFL with Fred Warner, Aziz Alshair, and Dre Greenlaw. So honestly, like, no, I don't think there's anything that can derail this defense. And I genuinely expect this defense to be, if not the best defense in the NFL, at least top three. Yeah, and I think I'm right there with you on it. I, I absolutely love the defense. I love them at all three levels. The safety thing to me, I mean, I, I'm not super confident, but it's one of those things where like, they probably feel they have system fits, sure. right? So between um, Odom, between Hufunga, um, Tuntavarius Moore, like whoever, like they feel like they could throw it at a wall, something's going to stick. Probably. I also really like Leon O'Neill Jr., their undrafted free agent out of Texas A&M. Yeah, maybe somebody uh, like that steps up, yeah. you know? Yeah. The one thing I'm worried about, and maybe it's going to be nothing, but they only gave up, I think it was 76 yards rushing over the last 12 games a game. And if you take out that fluke punt, big punt against Seattle, it's like mm-hmm. 70 yards. Like you mm-hmm. couldn't run on him. DJ Jones was DJ a Jones. huge yeah. part of that. And he is so, he's, there's 30 million reasons that show you how underrated he is. And, you know, I'm a big fan of DJ and, and Big Dave's Barbecue. Check it out. You know, I love his family. Yeah. They're great people. Yeah. Um, but he was so underrated. And people are like, oh, well, you know, it's a pass. You got to rush the passer. It's a pass. It's, you know, it's a passing. Well, he was good at that too, by the way. Right. <laughs> he did that too. Yeah. But also, it's a lot easier to play defense when it's third and eight and not third and three. 100%. So that's the one thing to me that I kind of wonder 
is that the signing, you know, the free agent that people are going to be like, wait, why are the Niners all of a sudden getting run on a little bit more? Well, he's not there. So he was underrated. He didn't get a lot of press, but that's the one thing that I'm just kind of mm-hmm. like, is that going to hurt? And maybe it won't. Maybe Kinlaw is going to come in and play inside and be, and be outstanding. Hope he does. Um, that was know. Kinlaw's strength. That was the strength of his game was run defense. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, yeah. ultimately, yeah. And that's the thing is, like you said, like DJ Jones is a huge loss, but at the same time, they invested a first round pick in Javon Kinlaw. Mm-hmm. And it, you're going to be hard pressed to invest a first round pick in a player and also pay this guy $30 million yeah, over the course of his contract. Like they weren't going to do that. So, you know, and that's, you know, very similar to Aaron Banks, very, right? Like, it's hard for fans to step back and be like, look, here's what they invested. Whether, whether we know they're good or not, we don't. But at a certain point, it's, you know, the old adage, right? You got to shit or get off the pot, right? Yeah, you invested right. in these guys. Now you have to see what they, what you, what you have in them. And if they are a bust, it's better to find out now than, you know, than, than a year or two down the road. Right. So I, I'm, I'm pretty confident that Kinlaw is going to have um, a, a good season, right? He is, uh, he looks to be slimmer than he has been his entire uh, his entire time here. Um, it sounds like his knee is finally healthy. They they did what they needed to do as opposed to just stopgap solutions. So that's also a bonus. And then again, you've got Eric Armstead who looks like he's going to move inside permanently. Um, and then Givens and Kimdiche and Hurst. Like I, I think there are enough bodies there. Hyder, right? I think there are enough bodies there that they're going to find somebody that can at the very least replace Jones's run defense and then you know find somebody who can can rush the passer from that three technique as well absolutely absolutely yeah. all right brian you got anything else you want to hit on man no i'm i'm like i said i'm just excited camp starts next wednesday trying to get down there on thursday uh trying to meet up with uh jason aponte he'll be he'll be there through i believe the second so excited to hang out with him uh you know uh brad graham uh jordan elliott like you know there's a there's a community of us that have uh kind of formed around content uh 49ers content creation and so excited about that and uh i'm just excited to see what this team looks like uh with trey lance under center i am i am all in right all in i'm i am i'm john malkovich i am splashing the pot right i am all in on this guy um and i think i think he's going to uh, I think he's going to turn some heads and I think he's going to have some games where we're like, Ooh, yikes. But I think he's going to have more games where we're like, man, the future looks bright and I'm excited. I just love the rounders reference right away. I'm like, <laughs> right away. Great, Great movie. movie. Great movie. If any, like, I don't know. What was it? 90, 98. Was any young oh, man. Yeah. It's, it's been, it's been a minute, but uh, I'll throw another one out when it comes to Debo Samuel and Nick Bosa pay that man his money. <laughs> if you guys have not seen rounders i think it's on on netflix or hbo it's on one of them but yes awesome go movie. watch yeah. it go watch it awesome movie yeah <laughs> maybe, maybe matt damon's best movie might be for me that's might be, yeah it's up there it's up there, it's up there for sure Damon movies i love but that one i i definitely <laughs> love his best so yes all right well hey man brian again it's good to have you it's going to be a great season we're pumped Sad we'll to be, be here back. probably next week or somewhere around yeah there. we're gonna have some Sounds guests good. We're going to mix it up. So thanks everybody for tuning in on YouTube. The podcast will be out in a day, probably by tomorrow. I would think make sure you subscribe to the channel. Yeah. And uh, let's, let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's get this thing jumping off. Let's go. Let's get a Super Bowl this year. Let's go, baby. All right, man. All right.
Bye.